Good morning. Good to be with you in the room here and people watching online. Uh, it's just, it's a privilege to preach. In fact, I was, uh, no pressure by Emma there. She's talking about the message that God laid on my heart and I've been working on it all week and the week before that. And, and uh, on Friday, I was uh, with some friends and we were going to hunt together and I'd cook supper and we we're going to spend the evening together and then hunt the next morning. And uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the stand, I was looking over my sermon notes and I'm going like, this needs some more work. And, uh, and then I read Pastor Bill's sermon and I said, mine needs a lot of work. And so I, had to, I, I actually postponed my evening uh, after, after supper went home and worked on the sermon. So I really believe that God has a message for us about good news. And the question I had in, for us is, is the good news still good news? Is the good news still good news? We begin this sermon series on the gospel mark. We're going to try to answer that timeless question, who is Jesus? And we're going to use the gospel mark as we look at uh, what Mark wrote. It's a short action-packed account of the life and mission of Jesus. And the very first sentence of the gospel of Mark captures it, the theme. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Now, the world in which Mark lived in, they needed some good news. It had been almost four centuries of silence from God and the prophets for the people of Israel. Mark wrote his gospel from Rome, which was ruling the world with an iron fist. The nation of Israel was fractured by power struggles between religious groups and political groups. And today, as we gather together, our world is hungry for good news. We live in a world paralyzed by bad news, paralyzed by COVID-19. Living in a land where people are more concerned about being woke than being yoked in a relationship with Jesus Christ. A world more focused on the negatives, on what is wrong instead of what is right. You know, someone sent me a text earlier in the week that really spoke to this. What is missing, not what is present. What is ugly in our world, not what is beautiful. What is destructive, not what is constructive. What cannot be done, not what can be done. What hurts, not what helps. Focusing on what we lack instead of focusing on what we have. We've been blessed. Somebody say amen to that. We've been blessed. And we're ready for some good news. And the good news we proclaim this morning is about Jesus Christ, the best news of all. And I want to read to you from the Gospel of Mark, reading chapter 1. If you're able, would you stand as we read together Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And if, you're, if you want to read along with me, this is good news. Let's read it together. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. 
John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to declare the good news of Jesus Christ as recorded in your word in the gospel of Mark. Father God, I pray that this morning that you would baptize all of us with the Holy Spirit, that your Holy Spirit would fall upon us and give us the ears we need to hear. Give me the words I need to speak. And Lord, give us a clear mission of how to bring good news to a world starving for good news. And we know we can only do this through the power and the baptism, the blessing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Through Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. So today we stand and share together that God's word is true. It says here in verse one, this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the son of God. It began. I love that phrase. It began. It began as a fulfillment of God's promise to send someone to prepare the way for the son of God. Someone to prepare the way for the son of God. If you're listening to me today and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that is your charge. God is raising you up to go tell someone about the Son of God, to prepare the way for the Son of God, to announce that good news was coming into the world. And the person in the scriptures that God chose was John the Baptist. And I tell you this morning that John the Baptist preached bad news and good news Bad news, he was willing to call people out for their sins. He challenged people to get ready for the Son of God. That, that meant they weren't ready for the Son of God. He challenged them to get ready by repenting of their sins, by turning around their lives. They needed to turn around their lives because their lives were not where they needed to be. And turn to God and be baptized. We get a further account in the Gospel of Luke who borrowed from Mark's Gospel in, in chapter three, what John said, you offspring of vipers, pretty strong word, right? Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Every tree that doesn't bring forth good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. That's some bad news. If you are not being fruitful, you will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Eugene Peterson paraphrases the next verse. He, the Messiah, Jesus is going to clean house Make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in his proper place before God. Everything false, he'll put out in the trash to be burned. That's some bad news. <laughs> if you're living a life you shouldn't be living. And then I love what Luke says that, uh, about John the Baptist. Then with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. He preached good news to the people. Bad news, good news. Now, Gospel, we call it the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of John, the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Matthew. Gospel means to announce good news, to announce the good news or to evangelize or to spread the word of God. And the entire New Testament can be considered good news because it proclaims the truth about Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. Now, I think it's safe to say, safe to say if you read the Gospel accounts of John the Baptist that he was both a bullhorn and a bulldozer. 
I mean, he just made a way, right? Made a way in the wilderness, filling potholes, leveling hills, making a straight path to see, for people to see that Jesus was the Savior, the Son of God, God incarnate. And any great work of God begins with some preparation. And John the Baptist is making the way open. Now, I'm not real sure that uh, his method of being a bullhorn and a bulldozer would be as effective today, but I'm confident that our weak approach to watering down the gospel of Jesus is not working. Being timid, being afraid to speak truth is not working in our world. People are clamoring and hoping that someone will tell them the truth. You know, I, I'm asking that the, the, that the Holy Spirit will fall upon all of us to give us the same holy boldness to declare God's good news. That in the that will be a voice in the wilderness of wokeness. And I don't know if that's a word or not, but I'm going to claim it. A voice in the wilderness of wokeness, in the wilderness of divisiveness, in the wilderness of fear, to declare that Jesus Christ is good news. And John the Baptist was not afraid to deliver some challenging bad news before he gave the good news of God's plan. I believe that good news is appreciated when we first understand the bad news, right? I mean, good news has perspective when we know that there's bad news. And is it good news, bad news, or is it bad news, good news? Now, the, 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 the first crowd missed this, but there, there was a pastor who had been really sick and uh, the church was concerned about him. And one of the leaders of the church went to see him and says, hey, I want you to know that uh, the administrative council went into emergency session and, and they voted to pray that you'll get better. So that's good. What's the bad news? He said, well, the bad news, it was a 12 to nine vote. <laughs> oh, that was, I thought it was pretty funny. But anyway, <laughs> but maybe you like this one better. You know, there was a, there was a fellow that loved to play golf. He was, he, he was retired and he, he joined all the nice golf courses and he played every day, right? But he was concerned about, is there golf in heaven, right? Because he, he was a believer and he wanted to go to heaven. He was looking forward to going to heaven, but, but he loved golf. He says, is there golf in heaven? He, he, he worried about it. And then one day he got a visit from, from an angel. An angel came to say, hey, I got good news and bad news. He says, the good news is, I know you're concerned about this golf thing. And let me tell you what, best golf ever in heaven. The, the greens are perfect. The fairways are perfect. I mean, the ball carries forever. You hit your longest drives in heaven. He said, well, what's the bad news? Well, the bad news, you've got a tea time next Monday. You know? <laughs> so good news, bad news, right? It comes both ways. You've got to appreciate it. You know, and, and, and do you give people good news and then bad news, or do you give them bad news and then good news? I was having this uh, conversation with... Uh, Harper Grace, my granddaughter, and, and we were playing the game, good news, bad news. And she says, Jay Paul, you always give the bad news first, and then you give the good news. And there's been multiple studies that have shown that people prefer the bad news first and then give them the good news. There was a research project at the University of Michigan that confirmed this. And they did this uh, taste test with new varieties of Hershey's Kisses. Now, why can't I get a, in that test, all right? So, so they brought all these new varieties out, and each person was going to be given five chocolates to taste, but they didn't know they were going to be given five, right? So when we got to the fifth one, they said, now this is your last chocolate. And guess what? The overwhelming majority of the people chose 
out of the five, the best chocolate was the last one, right? Because that's what they remembered. So bad news, good news. If you look at the scripture, I mean, throughout scripture, that's kind of the pattern we see in scripture is, is we're given some bad news and then we're given good news. I shared Friday morning with our men that pray together at 6.45 on Friday mornings and men love to have you come meet with us to pray with us. We have about 50, 60, 70 men that pray on Friday mornings. But we, we talked a minute about the, the poor widow in the New Testament that Jesus talked about. Poor meaning that she had two pennies, two mites, two coins. Man, that's bad news. If all you got is two pennies, that's not good. But then Jesus said what she did with those two pennies, she gave them all to the Lord. She put both of her two pennies in the offering. And Jesus says she was blessed, and that's good news, right? So bad news, good news. She was blessed. We're still talking about her 2,000 years later. Good news. I shared also with the men that of all the animals that God could use to describe his followers, believers, I mean, he could have called us eagles. He could have called us lions, tigers, or how about those wildcats? You know, it could have been a wildcat, you know? So you don't know I'm a Kentucky fan, if you don't know that. But anyway, but, but, but what did God choose to call these people? Sheep, right? I mean, sheep. Sheep are, the, are, are just, they, they wander around, they get lost, they're they, 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 not real bright. You know, in fact, if a sheep falls down, it cast, becomes cast, it's like a turtle, right? Its feet are up in the air, it can't get up. Bad news to be a sheep, right? But what's the good news? The good news is he gave us a shepherd, right? And he says, I'm gonna lead you. And if you'll follow me, I'll lead you into greener pastures. In fact, Proverbs says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. That's bad news. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. That's good news. See, my friends, we know this. We know the world is broken. We know the world is struggling. And if we're really, really honest, we are, we are also broken. We're broken people. And this brokenness is called sin. And that's some bad news. You know, there were three verses I'm, that I needed to learn early in seminary, kind of set the, the foundation for becoming a person who proclaimed good news. And the first verse, you may know this, is Romans 3.23. For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. That's bad news. All of us are sinners. All of us are broken people. And we all fall short of God's glorious standard. And you want some more bad news? Romans 6.23, the first part of that verse is, for the wages of sin is death. That's not good. <laughs> if we're all broken and we're all sinners and the wages of sin is death, not good. But then the second part of that verse is great news. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. amen. Thank you, Lord, for some good news, right? That even though the wages of sin is death, the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Again, Mark declares, I come to tell you some good news, right? You know, unless we understand, if you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. Unless we understand we are sinners, we'll never know we need a Savior. Unless we understand that I'm a sinner, I will not realize I need a Savior. You know, the good news came in the person of Jesus Christ. 
to live the life that we could never live and die the death that we deserve to die for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 5.8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That's good news. That's our hope today. I love it whenever I get a confirmation that, uh, that I'm going in the right direction, even though my sermon needed a lot more work. On Friday, I'm reading the United Methodist Advocate, which is the Methodist newspaper for South Carolina. And I read an article by Bishop Holston, our bishop, and he talks about good news and bad news. And he says, the message of John the Baptist is about repentance, and that requires hard work because no one feels they have wronged anyone or done anything that requires an apology, which makes it easier to stay in denial. One of the reasons that we really struggle is we are in denial about who we are. We're in denial about what we struggle with. We are in denial about the bad things that are going on in our lives. We all need repentance, Bishop Holston said. We all need forgiveness, and we all need the freedom for joyful obedience. Good news, because all of us need a Savior. On Thursday, I was sending a text to Grace Marie my main points in my sermon and making sure that the grammar was right and I had everything in order to get her opinion. And I realized after just a minute that I sent my text to the wrong person. And my text that I intended for Grace Marie, I sent it to Corey. And I don't know if Corey's listening today, but Corey uh, works for Mix and Seed. And Mix and Seed is where we buy our seed to plant in our food plots where we hunt at. And I go, oh, so I, I sent, said to Corey, I said, Corey, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to send that to you. Um, sorry about that. And he sent back a text. He said, I really like the third point. <laughs> and he said this because I'm such a great sinner and Jesus is such a great savior. Amen. You know, how about that for, a, for, 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 for a, an accidental text, right? I'm a great sinner, but Jesus is even a greater savior. And see this good news that we have in Jesus Christ needs not only to be proclaimed, it needs to be practiced. You know, Jesus came out preaching, but he also came out serving people. I love it, this, these words from, again, from Luke's gospel uh, about Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. When he, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on Saturday and stood up to read the scriptures. The book of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him and he opened it to the place where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has appointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to announce that captives shall be released and the blind shall see, that the downtrodden shall be freed from their oppressors and that God is ready to give blessings to all who come to him. Somebody say amen to that. God is ready to give blessings to all who come to him. That's good news. He closed the book, handed it back to the attendant and sat down while Everyone in the synagogue gazed at him intently. Then he added, these scriptures came true today. These scriptures came true today because I am the good news. See, Jesus came full of the Holy Spirit and John was preparing the way for him to preach the good news, to preach the salvation to the poor, demonstrate the power of God to heal the brokenhearted, break the bondage of sin. See, the goodness of God 
This good news is grounded in the goodness of God's grace. We, we have a God that we worship who loves you. And out of his goodness, he sent his son into the world. And I believe these scriptures came true not only that day, but these scriptures are true today. These scriptures are true today. You know, there are 329 million people in the United States and 205 million people profess to be followers of Jesus Christ. That's good news, right? In this world we live in, there are 2.5 billion professing Christians in the world. These scriptures came true today. Now, I believe just like John the Baptist, we've been commissioned and called to demonstrate and share that God loves the world, that God sent his son to save the world. And unless we understand that people are lost, some bad news, without a relationship with Jesus, we'll never have a passion to share the good news. And I believe that one of the reasons that we don't share because we're not really convinced that people need to hear about Jesus. I believe that good news withheld is not good news. Good news that is not shared is not good news. You know, as we read the gospels about Jesus, the, the word spread like wildfire. His preaching, people started talking about what he was teaching about. Then the miracles happened and, and they began to share about the miracles and, and, and the crowds got so, so large because people wanted some good news. They wanted to hear about transformation. And, and then Jesus gave the disciples a commission to go and share this with the world. First Peter says it this way, instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, Always be ready to explain it. Be ready to share the good news. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Now today, I want to take a few minutes to do something a little different. It was incredibly powerful in the nine o'clock service. My heart was full at nine o'clock. Because I know many of you here in this room or listening online have received the good news. God has touched your life in a powerful way. I, I heard these words in a song this week uh, by Bethel, uh, the, the band. You brought me back to life and I will never forget the moment. I heard you call my name out of the grip of darkness into the light of grace. Just like Lazarus, you brought me back to life. You brought me back to life. That's good news. Whenever uh, I first got started in ministry as a college student, we were in Myrtle Beach working at Lakewood Campground, and we, were, we weren't very talented when it came to music, and we would take our guitars and sing uh, little sing-along songs, right? Not like this incredible worship team up here, not at all. We would sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, you know, do the little things, you know, uh, do, Lord, that little chorus, uh, Anyway, we, we would sing, and then we would have an open microphone, and we would invite people to come up out of the audience to share the goodness of God, the good news of what God was doing in their life. And, and it was amazing that people from Ohio and Kentucky and West Virginia and Georgia and North Carolina and South Carolina, all over the Southeast, would walk up to that microphone, and they would speak about what God was doing in their life. We never gave a sermon 
when they got done, we would sing another little sing-along song and invite people to ask Jesus to come into their life. And it was amazing. People would come forward and invite Jesus into their life because those people were willing to speak good news. So this morning, what I'd like to do is this. If you've experienced the good news of God in your life in specific ways, I'm going to give you some specific ways. I'm going to ask you to stand. And the first one I'm going to ask you is if you've experienced the goodness of God, the healing power of God in your life, maybe God has healed you of a cancer. God has healed you of a heart condition. God has healed you of COVID. God has healed you of sickness, disease. Would you stand for and remain standing? If you've been healed at some point in your life, would you stand? Praise God. Look around your room. Praise, look at it. Praise God. Let's, let's, can we celebrate that? Now, I want, you to, I want you to remain standing. I want you to remain standing because I'm going to ask a second question now. If, if you've experienced the healing power of God in your life, the goodness of God in a relationship, it's a broken relationship between you and a spouse or you and your parents or you and your siblings or you and your parents, w- would you stand if you've experienced the healing power of God in a relationship? Would you stand? Amen. Can we celebrate that this morning? Praise God. Now, if you've been caught up in, 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 in some sort of addiction, some sort of struggle, some sort of bad habit, something that, that had a hold on your life, but by the power of God, you were set free. Would you stand this morning and celebrate that with us? Would you stand, anybody in the room? Praise God. Praise God. Celebrate that. Now, again, that, uh, that song that I read you the lyrics from, if you were once dead in your sins... You were lost and you were without hope and then you heard the voice of God speak to you and you gave him your life and he changed your life. Would you stand this morning? Would you celebrate that this morning? Praise God. Look around the room. Yeah. I believe there's people here this morning listening that need good news, need to know that Jesus Christ can change your life, that Jesus Christ can give you a new beginning. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God for that. Praise God. We can celebrate that. Amen. You know, I love what Paul said in Romans 1. He says, I'm proud of the good news. I'm proud of the good news. It is God's powerful way of saving all people who have faith. This morning, God can change your life. And this good news that we have today needs to be shared. It needs to be shared. Don't keep it in this room. Man, many of you stood all across this room. If we will go out into the community and share this good news with people, it'll get, people will get excited. Just as they got excited when they shared the good news of transformation of Jesus walking among them. I was listening to another great song, and I'm a big Casting Crowns fan, and, and these words really spoke at me. They wrote, we want our coffee in the lobby. We watch our worship on a screen. We got a rock star preacher who won't wake us from our dreams. Convicting word there. We want our blessings in our pockets. We keep our missions overseas. But for the hurting in our cities, will we even cross the street? What if the church on Sunday was still the church on Monday? What if we came out of our towers and walked a mile in someone's shoes? It's got to start right here. It's got to start right now. Lord, I'm starting right here. Lord, I'm starting right now. Will you commit to that today? by going and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to give you some real practical steps. Like John the Baptist, know your role. Know your role. John the Baptist came to point people to Jesus. He didn't draw attention to himself. 
He pointed people to Jesus. He said, I must decrease so he can increase. I don't save anybody. I don't change anybody. But I know the man who does. And his name is Jesus. And I need to point people to Jesus. Know your opportunity. You know, God put John the Baptist in a unique role. He, he was in a unique position. He got to announce that the Messiah was coming to the earth. God has given you an opportunity. God has given you a mission field. Think of all the people that God has put in your life that need hope. Know your opportunity. Know your audience. Know, know, know your friends. Speak to your friends about Jesus. When you talk to your waiter or the cashier, will you, will you ask them how are they doing and will you listen to what they say? When you see somebody in trouble, will you stop and help them and ask them, how can I help you? Can I pray with you? If a neighbor is in need, will you fix them a meal? And then let me say this to you. Know your message. John the Baptist knew his message. He knew his message was about Jesus. And that's your message. What was your life like before you met Jesus? How did you meet Jesus? And how is your life different? Because Jesus came into your life. And this statement I want to make this morning, I want you to hear this. That good news is still good even when the news we receive isn't. Now, many of you stood all across this room when it came to answers to prayer or changes in relationships or healings. Not everybody in this room has received a healing they're praying for. But I know that God is not done yet and that God brings good from all situations. I was having dinner, Lynn and I, with a, a two couples earlier in the week, and I was kind of sharing with them where I was going this weekend, and, and I was talking about two miracles that had happened that people told me about just this past week. And I was excited about it. Then I realized the person sitting right next to me had been praying for a miracle for a year. And that miracle hadn't happened in his life yet. But I do know that he has given his life to Jesus. And his life is full of faith. And he's believing and trusting that God has a plan for his life. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Because the good news is when Jesus makes everything new. Jesus makes everything new. You know, in, in Mark 1, verses 14 and 15, Jesus said this, the time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. This morning, I want to invite you all across this room, listening wherever you are, to repent of your sins. That means to turn away from your sins and believe the good news that God saves you, that God changes your life. One more song I listened to this week by Corey Asbury. He said this in his song, Lord, I confess that I've been a criminal. I've stolen your breath and sang my own song. Lord, I confess I've been a prodigal made for your house, but I walked down my own road then Jesus came and tore down my prison walls. Death came to life when he called me by name. You nailed my debt to that old rugged cross, an empty slate at the empty grave. Thank God that stone was rolled away.
Amen. This good news is for everyone. As we prepare to receive this Holy Communion, I want you to know that in communion, when we believe that this, these elements represent what Jesus came to do for us, the good news, that we can receive grace. We can receive healing. We can receive a new direction in our life. On this day, we celebrate worldwide communion with the church all over the world. See, this gospel, this good news is for everybody. In Matthew 26, during the meal, Jesus took and blessed the bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples. Take, eat, this is my body. Taking the cup and thanking God, he gave it to them. Drink this, all of you. This is my blood. God's new covenant poured out for many people for the forgiveness of sins. I'll not be drinking wine from this cup again until that new day, that new day, when I'll drink with you in the kingdom of my Father. Today, in this place, today, wherever you are, God is wanting to do something new in your life. Good news. Father God, I, I pray right now over these elements. Lord God, that as we prepare to receive this holy sacrament of communion, we remember that your body, Jesus, was broken, that your blood was shed, and that by remembering this and by receiving this and by believing this, that our sins are forgiven. By believing what you did for us, that your power becomes a part of our lives. We experience new life, changed life, good news in the midst of our bad news. Lord, thank you for coming to give us hope today, coming to give us peace today. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to invite you now to prepare to receive this sacrament. You've got your little container. Hold on to it for just a little bit longer. We would really hope by today, October 2021, we could all be eating real bread and drinking from real cups, but we're still not quite there yet. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. A few moments ago, you stood among each other. Now hold on to your elements. We're not quite there yet, because we need to pray. Would you pray with me this prayer? Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our own heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Will you pray in silence, ratifying that prayer in your heart? And hear the good news, the good news that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven, and you respond. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Jesus took that bread and held it before the disciples and he broke it and said, this is my body that is broken for you. Whenever you eat this bread, this little wafer, it's a symbol, it's a sign of what I've done for you, good news. In the midst of all your bad news, there is good news because there is forgiveness. In the same way, he held the cup before them and said, this is my blood 
shed for you. Whenever you drink this, drink this in remembrance of me. So as we take this symbolic cup and you peel back the top layer very carefully, you will find a wafer there. You'll take that wafer and I say to you, you say to the Lord, the body of Christ broken for me. Thanks be to God. And you pull back the next layer and hold it and say, the blood of Christ shed for me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Thanks be to God. And in the midst of our faithfulness, in the midst of our belief, God is working in your life, doing something new, doing something incredible. Father God, may you move in our midst today so that your good news not only changes us, but will be used to change others. God, speak to us. Use us to be your spokesman, to do it gently, to do it kindly, but do it boldly. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.